What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me, as always, the talented Mr. E, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing this fine, fine Thursday evening? Oh, doing great. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, living a relaxed life now that uh, you jumped up to such an enormous lead in our head-to-head. It looks like we're going to split the season series, and now I can uh, worry about next week. So uh, that's got me a little less, uh, a little less intensely focused on every single shot here, which uh, is a nice change from the last couple weeks. I appreciate you saying that. I don't think I've beaten you in the cupful before. I think we've. This is our third matchup. You beat me last year, and and now at the beginning of this season. So I will take this W if I can hold on to it. So I appreciate that. I hope that, uh, I hope we're not jinxing me though. That's, that's the only thing. Uh, but let's get into the fantasy hockey talk for tonight's show. And I actually want to start Lewis back where we started last week in Calgary. I wanted to do a little bit of an update on Tyler Toffoli two games in to his Calgary flames career, um, made the highlight reel in his first game against Columbus, through two games, though, he's got just the one goal, uh, a beautiful goal, though it was um, six shots, three hits in those two games with the new squad. He has remained on line three with Dylan Dubé and Sean Monahan, but I think somewhat surprisingly, he hasn't cracked either of the Flames power play units. I think it's hard to expect that to stick much longer. I, I just can't imagine that Calgary would bring him on to not put him in any chance to score on the power play. But the thing is that the Flames have been cruising lately, uh, outscoring the Ducks and Jackets. They won two games, twelve or 6-2-2, two, two, so 12-4, to four, outscoring their opponents since Toffoli showed up. So maybe it takes an L before Coach Sutter, or Sutter uh, decides to shake things up. I guess what I'm thinking, though, is it's like I'm probably not rushing out to grab him if Tyler Toffoli's on the waiver wire. But I still, it, it still feels soon to, to give up hope on him to me. Maybe that's just because it's like my, my general philosophy is not to, not to cut bait if I could see things completely changing in the next game or two. But what about you? Would you be more brash? Would you be willing to drop Tyler Toffoli at this point, given that he is on line three, no power play time, and has played just over 12 minutes in both games so far? You know, I think that if you are in a position where you can wait a little bit, as long as you're not desperately trying to to get every point that you can, I, I think it is wise, you know, what you said, to sort of preach some patience here. I see that there definitely is opportunity to move up. I think that the people in front of him are not such an enormous obstacle that he's not going to be able to make it. And, you know, what you said about, you know, being on cruise control, I think, is is really spot on, you know, why mess with something when it's working so well? I think you'll start to see Sutter uh, make some adjustments when, uh, you know, things start to, to go a little more poorly. But yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it right now, I imagine is his feeling and philosophy here. So, you know, it may be some time, but I think if, if we see that first, you know, significant L where the offense really doesn't get things moving and Toffoli doesn't have any kind of lineup mobility here. We continue to see the line stick the same. That's when I would start to be worried. But I think we want to see some kind of change and an opportunity for a reaction before we give up hope on Toffoli. 
I suppose so. I, yeah, I don't know what it is for me. I don't know when. It's kind of a feeling thing, right? Like, I also have Laurent Brassois based on the conversation we had the other day. I also have Evgeny Dadonov in a couple leagues. And the Knights didn't really do anything on Wednesday night. That's the first game with the new lineup. Do I react immediately or am I going to regret doing that? It's it's really hard to sort of feel that out. And, and so I think, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing out to add to Foley, like I mentioned, just because... It doesn't seem like he's in a great position to succeed, but I also am not trying to dump him just immediately is, is where I'm at. I think the point where I lose interest is like two games after a loss, if we're still not seeing things change, I think that's when I'm ready to sort of take an eye off of him and maybe let someone else take that risk. But, um, you know, I would want to I would want to see a little bit more. All right, Lewis, why don't you uh, take us on to our next story here? All right. So, uh, in Boston, since the Tukarask retirement, uh, Jeremy Swayman has uh, done really nicely for himself. Uh, he started two straight and put up sterling numbers, posting a 30-save shutout against the Senators and making 34 of 35 saves in a shootout loss to the Rangers. However, we've seen Bruce Cassidy going back to Allmark here on Thursday night. Uh, Allmark coming off a 6-0 drubbing at the hands of Carolina. Um, but he does not seem to be ready to deviate from that same pattern that he's had with Rask and Halak in previous years. So Swayman may continue to be the kind of goalie where he might get, you know, 60% of the starts, maybe 55% of the starts, but they're likely to be quality. You know, remember he was doing what he did uh, with no Brad Marchand and no Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron back here on Thursday to provide a little help and support to Allmark and maybe make his numbers look a little better. Uh, so lucky for him, he's also playing the Islanders, which I think helps and will probably, you know, if Boston can pull out a victory, should, uh, you know, make things look like a, um, you know, a, a little tighter of a race. But I was very impressed with what Swayman did. You know, Swayman has done everything that has been asked of him and more, including getting, you know, sent down to the AHL despite probably putting up the best numbers of the three goalies. And he, you know, is uh, a competitor. He'll keep going when he gets those opportunities. But uh, unfortunately for the folks who ran out to grab Swayman, those opportunities may not be as frequent uh, as we might have hoped. Yeah, I wouldn't even expect him like necessarily to get 60. Like if he keeps on being amazing, like he has been the last two games, then then perhaps. But he's still so young. It's hard to trust the this this stretch. I don't know. It's uh, I'm not ready to buy in, but I definitely would prefer Swayman to Allmark at this point, which I think is kind of all you can really do with these uh, with these Boston goalies is kind of just you're kind of things are likely to change at a moment's notice and i think that the the ball is firmly in swayman's court at this point and i i wouldn't be shocked if we were if two weeks from now it was back in allmark was getting two out of every three starts but uh that's kind of the life that you sign up for when you have uh when you have a boston goalie yeah, so there's one other place that we've sort of talked about it going back and forth a little more where that pattern seems to have ended. So uh, maybe that'll give the Swayman owners hope, but we'll talk about St. Louis here in just a little bit. Uh, first, though, you wanted to give us an update on a key Detroit player. I mean, we would like Jakob Verana to be a key 
Detroit player. I guess it's it's too soon to call him that, though, as we have yet to see him make his season debut. Uh, Jeff Blasill announced today that Verona would be joining controlled contact practices, which is a really sterile way of saying, I guess, that he's rejoining uh, some drills with the team. Um, no return, no timeline for return to game action yet. And it's likely that we don't have much to go off of until we start to see where he fits on practice lines over the next few weeks. But I just wanted to mention him because I think in deep leagues or, or you know, 12, 4, I, I think in 14 team leagues, it might be worth if he's still out there stashing him now, especially if you have that roster flexibility that you mentioned just might be a difference maker if he gets back in the lineup and gets uh, some nice deployment in the uh, the back month or two of the season so just kind of wanted to flag that for our listeners yeah i like that i think that's a good tip and if you've got the room and if you've got the uh the the flexibility in terms of your playoff positioning and all that yeah i think that's a nice idea he could you know we saw in a very small sample size what he was able to do uh, when he was unleashed in detroit last year Uh, and so if he's got anything similar in the tank he could be a difference maker down the stretch All right. Well, as promised, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of a St. Louis goalie update here. Uh, It really seems like Huso is taking over and the folks holding on to Bennington at this point are snoozing. Huso has started eight of the last nine games. We did think that Bennington would get the first game out of the All-Star break, which he did to try to, you know, get things back on track. But he put up a putrid 8.15 save percentage against the Devils. He has just one start above 900 save percentage in his past six. Huso, meanwhile, has 10 quality starts in the last 12 games and appears to have really earned Barubi's trust. Uh, you know, I was thinking of saying that Bennington might still get more than his fair share of starts due to his contract. That's sort of been my my thing for a long time. And I think this may still be technically true because if he gets any start outside of a back-to-back scenario, that does seem like more than he's earned. But uh, I think I'm done giving Bennington any sort of credit on air until further notice. So I think it's official. If you're holding Bennington, you are snoozing. He has been dropped in uh, every league that I am participating in, uh, including a couple tier one. So I think you can take your cue from some extremely competitive managers and let that Bennington dream die. There's got to be someone out there that you can grab. Uh, I'd rather have Craig Anderson than Bennington right now. Um, I would rather probably have John Gillies than Bennington right now. I think there are a lot of better options out there for you. Lewis, welcome to the resistance, my friend. We've, it took uh, a while. We've been waiting <laughs> for you. I mean, honestly, like I, I, I appreciate you getting onto the team. Uh, it, it's Huso's net, but like I still remain the same in that, you know, it's, what this reminds me of is kind of the Holtby Grubauer situation in Washington, uh, the year that they went and won the cup. I don't think that, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm saying it's likely that Bennington goes on a run in the playoffs and, and brings St. Louis back to a, a, a cup final. But I do think that there's like, like, I think that Bennington is not done in St. Louis just because Huso is likely to get the, the majority of the starts until he falters. I, I think that I'm with, I, I am still kind of where we were a few weeks ago, which is that if Bennington can get his game together, then I think he could see a, a run of starts. I just don't know if it actually happens. And therefore, I'm not I'm definitely not rostering Bennington anywhere. I'm leaving him on the waiver wire in in multiple leagues. And uh, I'm I'm rolling with 
I'm rolling with Vili uh, until until further notice. Chilling like a villain, Huso. Yeah, I don't think you ignore Bennington for the remainder of the season here. You know, keep an eye on what he's up to, and and if things start to go better, mm-hmm, great. Yeah. But you can't hold on to a guy who is getting one out of every nine starts, right? You've gotta you've gotta let him go and put someone productive on your lines. Absolutely, yeah, we're in the same page there. I I don't mean to say at all that that we should be holding Bennington purely just that you know like an incumbent starter like like what you're talking about the the whole thing of uh the contract mattering what that matters at this point is just that if he turns it around they will be more likely to believe in him early rather than you know be be slow to give him starts that is not to say i think that the the renaissance is coming i have no idea goaltenders are impossible to predict but as we are now yes ride huso while while he's hot Ride him as long as you can. Hopefully, he can uh, he can help a few of us make the playoffs and make some noise in those playoffs. That, that's where I'm at. Lewis, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to get into some streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And Lewis, I am going to throw the ball back over to you. Take us to Colorado for our first streak of the evening. All right, so first bit of a cold streak here is Andre Burkowski has only managed to put together four points in the last 11 games. You know, we haven't seen a ton of change in terms of deployment and lineup or anything like that. He just seems like a guy who's starting to go a little cold. Um, obviously that can turn around in a flash, but Colorado just offensively hasn't maybe been the juggernaut that they had been at times, uh, throughout the season. Uh, so they've been playing, you know, some of these tighter games and even have a couple uncharacteristic losses. Um, you know, so just, you know, if you're holding Burakovsky, could certainly turn it around. If you want to stick it out, you can, but he is on a bit of a cold streak here. So you should at least be putting him, you know, on snoozer alert potentially, uh, if not necessarily getting ready to jettison him immediately. Yeah, I think that if you look at Burakovsky's like full seasons over the past few years, there are always these stretches where he just goes mega cold and then he comes out the other side and starts figuring it out. Like you said, no change in deployment, um, still getting second power play, second line deployment has in his three years in Colorado has been on pace for 64, 68, and once again, 64 points this season. He's kind of as steady as it goes. So I don't think that you need to hold him while he's cold in all leagues, but I do think like drop him at your own risk because at some point he will probably be, you know, he'll, he'll go on another streak. He's just a streaky player. And uh, I, I think there are a lot of leagues where you can sort of drop him to the waiver wire and grab him when he's, when he starts to put it together rather than, rather than holding him and waiting for that to happen. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on Burakovsky. Absolutely. Let's hop over to Philadelphia next. I wanted to talk about a player who, Lewis, a lot of the times when we look at streaky players, it's like, all right, we we see, especially where we broadcast twice a week, it's like sometimes we're looking for streaks and we see a guy and it's just like him. No, that's these old, these boring, like what a, what a blah name. And when I saw Scott Lawton on the hot streak list, I, I, that's kind of was my first thought. Um, but as I looked a little bit closer, I'm kind of more intrigued than I than I really expected to be. Uh, Lawton clicking on the Flyers' second line in between Travis Konechny and JVR, getting second line power play minutes as well. And what's what's particularly interesting about this hot streak, um, Lawton has six 
has a six game point streak, eight points over that span with four goals on 16 shots up about half a shot per game on the year in that span. And and it, sorry, I, I'm sort of jumping all over. But what I find really interesting there is that the time on ice over the past 10 games or so is actually way up uh, more than 18 minutes in five of the last six. And, and overall, just like in that 10 game span, like I said, really starting to get leaned on a little bit. It kind of looks like those splits that we would see for like Andrew Kopp a few years ago went from like a 13 minute player to a 16 minute player to an 18, 19, 20 minute player. And we're seeing that a little bit with Scott Lawton. And I don't know that he's a guy who can, who can sustain like being fantasy relevant through the entire season. But I I just think he's worth kind of keeping your eye on. And in deeper leagues, I certainly think that there's value there. Um, Yeah. A player that I didn't think I didn't expect to be excited about, but I guess when Couturier is gone for the season, when Kevin Hayes might be out for the rest of the year, the Flyers need some center depth. So Lawton seems to be the guy who's uh, filling in. Yeah, certainly not a super exciting name. I always think of the bit that Dave does about 47-year-old Scott Lawton. I think he gets (laughs) older every time he mentions him. I actually don't know how old Scott Lawton is because I just think about these these times. But uh, the the time on ice that you pointed out, that really stood out to me too when I was looking over uh, his page on Frozen Tools. Uh, you definitely like to see that. Another nice thing about Lawton is if you do grab him soon, he's got a Monday, Tuesday back to back to start next week. Um, so he could be a really nice option. And then if, you know, uh, you want to flip him for another streamer or if you want to hang on to him, I think they have one more game later in the week. You know, uh, he makes for a very nice early week, uh, piece of support there. So, uh, I was I was hovering over the ad button in Cupful uh, Tier One because you know I'm starting to look to next week as I mentioned earlier in the show, um, but he got snapped up by another competitor, uh, so you know it's a it's a definitely a nice option for um, a piece of this week and certainly to start off next week too. Guy to keep an eye on. All right, Lewis, why don't you uh, get into our next hot streak for us? Sure. So a guy we've spent tons of time talking about, spilled a bunch of uh, digital ink, so to speak, uh, is Evan Rodriguez. But not for the same reasons that we're going to talk about him now. He is on quite the cold streak. Uh, Just one point in the last eight games played. He's really not getting those top looks. But, you know, his early season success has really cemented him on a lot of rosters. He's still at 70%. Um, I think this is, you know, a guy that we can uh, declare a snoozer until uh, like an injury maybe opens up some spots on, you know, one of in the top six or potentially, you know, moving into a top power play spot like he had for a little bit when Malkin was out. But with the team healthy, there really is not room for Evan Rodriguez in the top six or on that top power play. So uh, if you are someone who is still hanging on to Erod, I think uh, we can give you permission here to let him go. I think it's time to move on for a little bit. Be ready, obviously, to jump on him if you've got a soft spot for him, if things change in Pittsburgh. Um, but with the way things are going right now, there's no reason to be hanging on to him on your roster. I'm with you on that one, Lewis. I, I think that's a good point. And I mean, when you look at his game log, I think he's got like no goals in his last 12 I'm starting to think this guy can't hit the E-Rod side of a barn. (laughs) (laughs) I I apologize for that. Uh, (laughs) Lewis, let's hop to our next cold streak. And it's down in Florida, which is kind of an odd place to go since the Cats are one of the hottest teams in the league, uh, scoring as many goals as possible, it feels like, every time I turn on the television. 
But Anthony Duclair is still on that top line and still not really producing over his past 10 games, just five points and just one goal in his last five games, zero assists. What's wild to see for Duclair, who, you know, in addition to that top line deployment is also getting top power play deployment, is he's still pacing for 72 points, which kind of just goes to show how good he was to start the season. Um, Florida's offense is so solid. I guess the question that I have is, is he worth just holding for the chance that he could pop off at any moment's notice? Because I can't really see Florida not scoring and Bark and being on a line with Alex Barkov and, and Carter Verhage. I, I just can't imagine it's long before they get going again. Um, would you be holding on to Duclair despite the fact that he's gone so cold? I guess it depends on what's out there. If I'm in a league where like uh, Matt Boldy is hanging around and I've got Duclair, you know, it seems like the... Um, it seems like the the Wild are also capable of doing an awful lot of scoring. So I think if you can get someone who is similarly positioned on a high-scoring team, I'd be okay with letting him go with his cold streak. But that's probably not the case in most leagues. And just his proximity to, to the heat of that Florida Panthers team is, is really appealing. You figure he's got to get some, some improved luck. And he has had, you know, it's not like this is a guy who hasn't been productive on this team before. It's just the way it's kind of configured right now. Uh, and, and the way the bounces are going, it's not really working out for him. So I, I definitely am with you. I think unless you're in kind of a shallow league where there's some other appealing options on high octane offenses available, I think you got to kind of stick this one out at least for a while longer, unless he gets shuffled down, you know, into the bottom six at some point. So yeah, I say, I say keep on keeping on with him for the time being. Uh, and hopefully this cold streak will resolve itself. I agree with you in particular about the bottom, like in shallower leagues. I, I think that he's somebody who you can probably shuffle out just because like if you're in a 10 team league or whatever and Anthony Duclair hits the waiver wire, people aren't going to like be going like losing their minds. But if you're in a 14 team hyper competitive league, um, probably you see somebody get dropped who's a top line, top power play guy on Florida, one of the better offensive teams in the league. Uh, I think that you're probably at risk of missing out. And and I think that his opportunity there is very high. So I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't be dropping him everywhere, but I agree with you that in shallower leagues, it's um might be a chance to sort of shuffle around your lineup and, and see, you know, play matchups a little bit, see how you could game some games played out of your schedule. Lewis, why don't you get us into our final streak of the evening? All right. So uh, this is a guy who has had some recent success, not anyone that I would be dropping Anthony Duclair to pick up, but an option in deeper leagues uh, might be Washington's Joe Snively. Uh, he's got five points in the last four games, including two goals and one assist in a match against Montreal. So Montreal caveats apply, but uh, he got another one here on Thursday on that second power play unit. You know, I'm a little hesitant because those minutes are a bit scary. Nothing above 15 uh, recently, but he has lined up with Backstrom and Wilson uh, on Thursday, and he's played with uh, Wilson and Kuznetsov as well when uh, the centers were swapped. The Capitals don't have any games left this week, but keep an eye on him for next midweek when the Caps return on the 24th. He could be a sneaky good option just because he has uh, had some nice production lately and is getting some exposure at even strength that is... Uh, 
you know, pretty solid. And even like we said, produced on that second power play, which is not, uh, not usually something we talk about with the cap. So good on him. Joe Snively might be a good option for you in a deeper league. Um, but you're going to have to wait around until the middle of next week. So this is more of a, uh, a look to the future for you, but just someone to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, Lewis, that is all the time that we have tonight. For myself, Ben Burnett, I am signing off, and uh, thank you guys for listening this week. And Lewis, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Hey, always a pleasure. Uh, Another week of fun in the books. Uh, Congratulations on your likely victory here, and uh, if I jinxed it, all the better. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us please be sure to give us a follow on twitter at short kk we love to interact with the followers answer questions make stupid jokes brian and elon can be found at keeping carlson dave benton of the stream scheme at nhl stream scheme also recommend you follow at game day lines at game day goalies and at game day news for all of your up to the minute info from elon and super patron shams uh, visit the great sites where we research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach, and until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.